0: I'm your host, Parej Maharaj, and Black Belt, the poor boy, he is just so busy that he will not be joining us today because he was not able to watch the subject of our discussion today, and I just do not want him to be spoiled. But instead, I have a returning guest, JD's back, back again. JD's back. Tell a friend.
1: I'm also here with Smoke. You're going to hear her throughout this episode because she is just being very
0: vocal tonight. We are very pro-kitten here on Bustin' Lime, so that is not a problem. But speaking of our subject of our discussion today, um, we are here to discuss what is JD's favorite movie of the year so far, even though we I say even though we only have two months left, yeah, JD is... Showing off his Blu-ray copy, like a like the just Phil Buff that he is. I, I Actually, I think at this point, at this point, I think Phil Buff is an understatement for JD. Because <sighs> I'm looking at his show right now. It's just like, it could reach China at this point.
1: It probably could. Look, when, when you are a human being who decides it's a good idea, I'm going to go buy the Shout Factory Blu-rays of the Howling and Dog Soldiers just because... You know, that's just that's just the way it works. Also, uh, Arrow Video Blu-ray of Legend. I'm coming for you at some point. You n- you know <laughs> I am. Uh, look. Okay. So speaking of Ridley Scott, um, I, I I'll have to get this out. Well, I want to get this out of the way because uh, this past Go weekend, ahead. I I finally saw, I I, I I went and saw the last duel. Mm-hmm. Uh, the new release, the latest Ridley Scott movie, until House oh. of Gucci comes out next month
0: oh god so how was last duel holy fuck that movie was amazing (laughs) did it make you cry uh it
1: it could have it it very well could have if i wasn't just like shocked at how amazing the movie was and Uh, also shocked at um at how it was told uh the 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 way the film the story was told uh was insane i highly recommend and like for anyone in, like even remotely interested in the story of the last duel um i highly recommend you don't look up what happened like the end result of the story it will make the, it will make the movie so much better for you oh why are you being so vocal tonight jeez uh
0: you know i tend to i think it's probably me i tend to have that effect on kittens just ask my friends <laughs> tell me baby but we are not. We are currently not here to talk about the last duel. We are here to talk about David Lowry's *The Green Knight*. Yes, we are. Starring the one and only Dave Patel. Dave Patel. The man who was supposed to have his summer back in 2020 with the release of this movie, and I think it was that David Copperfield adaptation where he yeah, plays the life David in, Copperfield. I
1: think it's, uh, the life in times of. David Copperfield, Armando Iannucci's yes. David Copperfield movie.
0: A movie that I haven't seen, but it seems like it's the polar opposite of this movie here. The Green Yeah, Knight. it
1: looks like he's having a lot, uh, a, a lot better time making that movie.
0: Yeah, because, uh, well, I don't know. The for this movie, there is that little backstage the uh, photo of him holding that gigantic anatomically correct heart, which, side note. There's no indication of what that is in this movie, to my knowledge. Like, I, I, I don't, I don't see that heart show up at anywhere, at any time. I'm blanking on what you're even talking about, and I just watched this last night. Well, th- well, you see, that's the thing. that That's my point. It's just like there is a, there is a set photo of Dave Patel holding a giant anatomically correct heart. And it, from from his outfit, it looks like he's on the side of the Green Knight, but there is no scene in the Green Knight where there is a disembodied heart anywhere. Most likely, it was taken out because, and and we'll and we'll get
1: into the 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 editing of of this movie because this. Well, I guess we could. I mean,
0: do how do how do we want to discuss this movie? Because there's a, there's a lot of routes we can take. <laughs> okay, so yeah, that's a gushy good point. Yeah. Uh, first we'll just start with our. Well, let's start with whether or not we're even familiar with the poem that this is based on. Because let me tell you I am not. Yeah, neither am I, which is why I'm actually gonna shout out another podcast. It's called uh Daisy Geek Girls. They actually brought on a scholar who studied the poem to discuss this movie with. It is one of my favorite podcast episodes ever, and I highly recommend it. So yeah, check out that that day of the podcast is Daisy Geek Girls for anyone who wants to get a more in-depth analysis of this movie than either of us can give. Yeah, and also I
1: want to shout out something that I I will go ahead and say I have not watched this but I'm meaning to. There's a half hour video essay on YouTube from Casro called A Look at Queerness in Sir Gawain and the Green Knight, uh, which I will be watching at some point because I'm because just from the title of, of that alone I'm curious. I'm always oh, curious yeah. for queer
0: readings of pieces. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. We are, I mean, my, as imperfect as my intro is, you hear it every episode. A Kings, Queens, those in between. We are all about queer readings here on Busted Limes. But yeah, so yeah, g- coming into this with the, well, I did glance at the Wikipedia page for the poem and all I really knew going in was that it involves Sir Gawain in his hubris trying to fulfill his end of the bargain. Of a bargain, a Christmas game. This, the Green Knight, is officially a Christmas movie. It really is, yeah, and not even like <laughs> the try-hardy com- comedic way that uh, Die Hard is. It's uh... okay. Look, yeah. Die Hard didn't try to be a Christmas movie. It just kind of
1: happened to become a Christmas classic.
0: Yeah, that 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 that's true. I, I should probably rephrase that. It's just like the not in the overdone mimi, overexposed mimi kind of way that Die Hard ended up being. Because honestly, it's not Die Hard's fault that its fans are just repeat the same joke over and over again until it gets ground to dust into the ground is it the best christmas movie it's pretty close yeah
1: i can tell your enthusiasm for that statement is <laughs> wild
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> just look it. yeah it's been said to death but guess what it's kind of true it's just like it the shawshank tradition is one of the greatest movies of all time yeah it's a tired statement but when you watch it when you rewatch that movie you're like oh shit, this, this is one of the greatest movies ever made. It really is, yeah.
0: But yeah, back to The Green Knight. Um, Yeah, all I knew about this going into it was that it involves Sir Gawain. It's something to do with Arthurian legend.
1: Mm-hmm. And
0: that's basically it. Because honestly, my biggest drawing point to this was just seeing someone who looks like me, a brown dude, Dave Patel, taking the lead in what looks like... and. I'm just gonna go ahead and get into my first impressions from the trailer. What looked like a trippy slow burn, and that that's not the kind of role that you see brown people, or brown actors get in Hollywood. I mean, we could see I could see that that tide is changing with uh, Kumail Nanjiani doing his thing in the Eternals, and yeah, that's all fine and good, but. I honestly kinda of prefer the representation here, but I'll get into that uh later on in the episode. Uh JD, uh what were your overall thoughts about the movie going into it? So like my initial thoughts like right before going in to see it?
1: Yeah, just like Comic Quest, before and after seeing it. So prior to go seeing it, um so this is this is a movie that, that had been on my radar for a while because I was familiar with the with the films of David Lowry prior to prior to this movie because um Although I had not seen any. I want to say that. I didn't see any of his mo- any of his other movies until after seeing The Green Knight. But mm. I was familiar with the movies that he had made. Because I remember... I think the first time I heard about any of his movies... Or like... Any of his movies that I knew he made... Was back in 2017 with A Ghost Story. Because that got uh, huge praise from critics and audience. And not so much from audiences because it's a weird movie. Mm-hmm. Uh,
0: <laughs> you don't say.
1: <laughs> yeah. I mean... <laughs> The whole conceit is a freaking bedsheet. As a ghost, it's amazing that it actually works, uh, because they put a lot of thought and time into how how that bedsheet was going to be used. So there there was that, and then the next year he had the old man and the gun, which was you know like marketed as the final film of Robert Redford, which since he shot his scenes for Endgame before he shot The Old Man and the Gun, technically The Old Man and the Gun is his final movie because he retired after doing that. And good for him cuz the dude is like in his mid 70s. Uh
0: yeah, and he's a goddamn legend, so he could do whatever he wants. Absolutely. fucking
1: So The Green Knight had been on my radar just because I just radar because I just didn't know what the hell it was. I did not know the poem. Uh I I still don't know that much about Arthurian legend. Uh, and then I remember, uh, I think it was, it was either like late 2019 or sometime in 2020, there was that initial teaser of just, you know, snippets of scenes for like a minute, uh, that, that dropped. And when I was seeing all this, I was just immediately intrigued because I was just like, I don't know what the fuck this is. I have to see it. Uh, then the official trailer dropped and I was thinking, oh yeah, this is a movie I have to see as soon as it comes out whenever i can mm-hmm. and that's exactly <laughs> what i did um the week it came out uh, or like the um the sunday prior to that weekend so the beginning of that week uh, right. my best friend Robbie, uh he uh returned home after uh leaving the marines after four years um which Ooh. good for him because the marines fucked him <laughs> Uh, he hated it. And uh, Robbie, mm. I love you. You're the absolute best, and you're a goddamn legend. Uh, so we saw each other on Thursday for the first time in over two years, and that so that, like that day we just hung out, and that day we were like, he's like, hey, this weekend we're going to see the Green Knight, and I was like, fuck yeah, we are. So Saturday <laughs> night before I go before I have to go to work because I work night shifts now. Uh, we go out and see the green Knight, and I remember walking out of that movie and Robbie and I looked at each other and we just like, did we just see the best movie of the year? I think we're just, uh, I literally said, said the sentence, you know, I don't think we need to make any in, in movies anymore. Like we just kind of hit our peak. I think we're good. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Damn. Granted. Then we saw the last duel this past weekend and we're like, fuck no, we need to keep making more movies.
0: <laughs> yeah.
1: Cause that was awesome. <laughs> Uh, I also I love the fact that my two favorite movies of this year so far, um, both take place essentially like during the Middle Ages.
0: Yeah, me- medieval Europe. Yeah,
1: yeah. It's I like see, like I it's like one is based on the Arthurian legend and another takes place a few years before the Crusades. <laughs> I want to know what it, what what is up with 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 Ridley Scott and making movies during that time because like he had Gladiator and then and now he has the last duel and then the last duel takes place a few years during the crusades uh which he also has kingdom of heaven which takes place during the crusades
0: oh yeah 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 i was just about to ask like what is the i know there's another one that he did and it was
1: yeah the movie that got that was originally like like nearly three and a
0: half hours and it got cut down to two and a half yeah, it's one of those poster childs for, like, the pro-director's cut movement because of how much better the director's cut is than the original.
1: Usually, yeah, because usually I am someone who, like, I'm, like, I'm, sometimes I'm not so sure about a director's cut. It, it really just depends on the filmmaker, like...
0: Yeah, exactly. You know,
1: when Mike Flanagan announced that he had a, opposed to his two-and-a-half-hour theatrical cut of Dr. Sleep, there was a three-hour cut, and I'm like, I kind of want to see the th- the three-hour cut, and I did, and that movie rips hard, uh, but Ridley Scott, I think is like one director where I'm like, no, I, I like when he puts out a director's cut, I want to see it. I think, you know, not an extended version. Cause there are like extended editions of like American gangster and the Martian. And he has mm-hmm. come out and say like, no, those don't really count. That was just adding footage back into it that I had cut out for a reason. Oh, God. uh, because the Martian is a great movie all on its own. And I have seen that extended edition and yeah it doesn't need that extra 10 minutes it was great it was it was great already
0: yeah um yeah i can't imagine yeah. that movie being 10 minutes longer
1: yeah it's weird they're, 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 i i still have my dvd of the extended edition and i'm like i i it doesn't need to be an extra 10 minutes it's great it was great already so you absolutely love
0: this movie then
1: i really fucking love this movie i did i did um more research for the like on on the on the the influences on this movie and the filmmaking process of this movie more so than most and that and and that kind of speaks to how much i love this movie like when i when i truly love a movie i want to know everything about i want to know about the filmmaking process i want to know about yep. the influences i want to yep. hear the people who made it talk about it i want to hear people who love it talk about it
0: and hey um uh, not now we are the two people who love it we get to talk about it Yes, I know. I'm so excited. <laughs> Funny how that works. All right. So, uh, yeah, uh, shifting gears to Moa now. Um, mm-hmm. But, yeah, going into this, like I said, um, uh, that for that first teaser, I really didn't know what to expect. Other than that it was going to be trippy, and I was like, it, it just looked like a slow burn. But then, yeah. when the full when the full trailer came out and the R rating was revealed for graphic nudity, I'm just like, oh, so it's going to be slow-paced, uh, weirdly trippy, and horny as fuck. <laughs> And guess what? It ticked all those boxes. <laughs> <laughs> and it's, and yeah, and honestly, if I had to sum up the movie, it would be those little snippets: uh, trippy, slow burn, weirdly horny. Because normally, I have to go to Bollywood to see a movie that loves a brown lead. This, as much as the camera loves Dave Patel, in he is this movie. so
1: lovingly light and like well lit in this movie.
0: Exactly. Yeah, and um. Anyone who tells you that, oh well, the, you, the, who thinks that you don't need different filming techniques to film different um, skin tones, get the fuck out of here! Because oh, absolutely. Like much-
1: I, um, we like weird comparison, but I watch. Uh, I, I've been I've been recently getting back into watching Smosh on YouTube, and oh. one of the, and uh, they've talked about how you know back in the er, like in the early days when they expanded the cast of Smosh. Um, one of the cast members, Keith Lee Junior. Junior. is black, and they talked about how, um, in the early days of shooting with him, uh, like like, uh, like just like the like the regular like vlogs, not even not even the skits, just like the vlogging that they did as a as a cast as a team. Um, they they were still having trying to figure out how to light him well, just because they were not well equipped um, at that time because they had mostly been shooting white people so <laughs> so like they had to so like and like so like looking uh, like like looking at the early days of their of like the cast vlogging and then looking at their stuff now um it's so it's so different because they 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 figured it all out
0: that's good that's good yeah also smosh still exists Holy smosh shit.
1: still exists like uh it's been i think it's been like twelve twelve 12 years i think
0: That is the most surprising YouTube-related news I've heard ever since ASDF Movies is still going. But, yeah, um, going back to... um,
1: Yeah, let's go back to this movie.
0: Yeah, (laughs) talking about how lovingly filmed uh, Dave Patel is is actually a good segue to... Let's go into the specific aspects of this movie that we liked, and I will start with the cinematography. Yes. Holy shit, is this movie beautifully shot not just dave patel but everything in this movie is beautifully shot we
1: should be bowing at the feet of andrew draws palermo
0: andrew say his name one more time just
1: like andrew uh, so his his, i believe his middle name is pronounced draws it's d-r-o-z so it's andrew draws palermo who Mm -hmm. uh, also shot a ghost story and before all that shot a little movie i love called your next
0: Oh, ah, yeah. And
1: correct me if I'm wrong, uh, I believe he also shot The Guest, since that was the same director. Which I'm going to look up to see if I'm right. I really hope I am. And I am not. But shout out to Robbie Baumgartner for shooting
0: The Guest. I think it's, though, about this movie, is that there isn't really... There's only really, like, one quote-unquote epic shot in the whole movie and i think it's just the one with the giants
1: i don't know i think there's some pretty and there's there are quite a few epic shots in this movie uh in fact following the giant scene i i I have to give it up for that one shot where they turn the camera upside down 180 degrees mm -hmm. as if they're like doing a doing a massive it's, it's a it's a massive wide shot of dev patel Walk, mm-hmm. like walking with uh, the fox um yes. after following that scene and then just it like it it starts uh like closing like uh cl- doing a massive close up on him and then just as it closes as it's closing in on him it does a massive one 180 and mm-hmm. then goes over his head and
0: then cuts to the next scene
1: <laughs> I think that's a pretty epic shot I gotta See, say
0: Okay so I guess, I guess what it what it is is that it, it's just uh, my definition of Epic is like I think what most people think when they hear epic shot. What I mean by epic shots is just well, all I need to say is the the shots of New Zealand in Lord of the Rings. That's a, that's the kind of thing that I'm talking about when I say epic because um this movie it's very let's let's get into the plot now for a little bit because it's kind of it's kind of small stakes really. It's really just Sir Gowan's problem to for him to ride out into the middle of the forest just so he could fulfill his end of the game which you know what let's get into the specifics about what that game is mm-hmm. so the way this movie starts it it opens in a goddamn brothel where with with Dave Patel playing playing and he wakes up uh from a specific uh, sex worker's bed, uh, and I am blanking on her name because I'm just continuing the tradition from Comics Quest of blanking on names. But it turns out that he's actually in a serious relationship with this girl, and it seems that way. I don't think they ever state it specifically, but it seem but it definitely seems that way. Shit, that's right. I know what you, I know what scene you're talking about. Her name is Essel. 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 Yes. Played
1: Got by it. the wonderful Alicia Vikander.
0: Alicia Vikander.
1: Love her. Also, uh, all the all the love in the world to her and Michael Fassbender. The two of them, they're the, they're one of the cutest fucking couples in the world.
0: Oh, that's good to hear. But yeah, um, and th- that's just uh, another thing that I want to get into because again, this is not something that, that this is not the kind of role that you see brown uh, actors being casted unless the name of the movie has Harold and Kumar in it. That this guy, it tells you right off the bat that this dude is, although this is an Arthurian legend, we're going with the dirtiest version of Arthurian legend. And that's the, the thing is, waves... is
1: that like, yeah. this Sir Gawain is actually very different from the traditional Gawain, as I found out, because we've already, oh, bo- really? we both said that, uh, that we don't know the poem, but, mm-hmm. uh, but because I'm a weirdo. I have watched everything I can <laughs> with David Lowry talking about this movie. And something he's mentioned is that even though he like fundamentally he did not really change the text that much, something he did change considerably was Gawain as a character because in the original poem he is actually a he like in or in the original poem he's already a knight. He is mm. and he has fought a, alongside Arthur, King Arthur. Um, who in the movie is never mentioned as King Arthur? He's just the king. That's uh, yeah, yeah, which I, mean, I love. We
0: we yeah, we, but I, I think the audience is just uh, able to fill in the blanks because
1: we know who Arthur is, we know who Guinevere is. We don't need to say their names. Mm. It's the king exactly. and queen. Mm-hmm, so, mm-hmm. um, but in the original, but in the original text, Gawain was like the most honorable of knights, and he did really he was like he he did nothing wrong, and he always did everything he could to help people. Um, but David Lowry, but Lowry thought, well, you know, that doesn't, you know, it's like that, 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 that can get boring. So I exactly, was well, like, yeah. I, I, like, I was like, I want to go a different route and make it and instead change him to being someone who is not yet a knight and is a human being and can be fallible and can, you know, you know, do or, and, and unfortunately do or sing the wrong thing while also still having a kind heart because he is. He is someone who seeks on who seeks honor, uh, not for uh, you know you know selfish reasons, but more just because you know he has been raised to believe that honor uh, is tied to uh, to a sense of goodness and a sense of selflessness. And, um, but oh, yeah. again, he is also a human being; therefore, he can be fallible. And he felt that was the best oh, way, to, that, that was the best route to go. And then he, and then he, and after writing that, he's like, and I want Dev Patel to play him.
0: <laughs> yes. Yes. And to talk, to get into that uh, fallibility, um, we get that in doses in this opening scene. Because the fir- what's the first thing he does when he gets home from the brothel? He disrespects his mother, <laughs> which I mean... honestly, relatable. Relatable.
1: <laughs> I mean, like, really, all he does, he just he, he just kind of lies about where he's been. But she Which knows. Question. But she gets it. He's like, "Oh, I've been yeah. at mass. You've been at mass all night." And then she, <laughs> and then he gives, and then he gives her a kiss. You know, like you do to your mother. You 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 Uncle. kiss your mama. That's what mm-hmm. you do. Mm-hmm. Uh, and and she's like, "Oh, yeah, I can I can smell that you've been a, been at mass." Like, did Which... you drink all? The, did you drink all the sacrament? And he's like, "I love you, mom." <laughs> Which... So, and like, that's like, it's like a certain, it's a certain kind of fallibility where it's like, he will, like, he will lie, and he mm-hmm. will, you know, be, you know, he will be kind of rebellious, but he mm-hmm. still, still has a kind heart.
0: Exactly. Although he does kind of have to learn that because in. Later on in the movie, where he meets um, he meets the king and the queen, they explain to him what uh, what makes a hero and how he could become one. So, what what is the quote that they say they they you're sitting among legends or something like that? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. He says like
1: like, like look at like look, uh Guinevere you know, the, the queen says look like when you look around you what do you see? And he says I see legends. And Guine- and the and the queen tells him don't take that idly like the it's like basically saying like the fact that you are among us the fact that you are here sitting with us mm-hmm. you know don't don't take that lightly like the there's a reason you're here the and the reason right. you're here is because that one day maybe you can be like them it's like mm-hmm. we know that you like you know and the king even asks you because know, uh so something another big change that that lowry made was uh he made morgan Le Fay, Gawain's mother which is not okay. in the, like Morgan, Morgan Le Fay in the original text is, uh, is not in any way related to Arthur, but in this movie, uh, Lowry makes Morgan Le Fay, uh, Arthur's sister. So in turn, uh, makes Gawain, uh, his mother and of course, and, and something that was already, I believe was already established in the original text. Uh, Gawain mm-hmm. is King Arthur's, uh, nephew so uh oh, he, sh- okay. so he so he it is Chris- it is christmas morning uh he goes to you know spend the day with the king and queen uh, uh he is asked to sit beside the king and queen because his mother is not there and which yeah yeah and then uh and then it turns out there's a reason why his mother is not there it's because she summons uh she summons the titular character
0: uh, yep, the green knight. And uh, JD, don't be shy. What's your nickname for him? What is my nickname for him? Tree Daddy. Oh, <laughs> did I ever say this? Yeah. I mean, not maybe not out loud, but in the te- in text in the Discord, you just said you, said you have to go meet Tree <laughs> You can Daddy. read it on my face. It's like I just want to call him Tree Daddy.
1: I mean, you're not wrong. Oh, you're I'm you're sorry. not wrong.
0: Yeah because uh, so, it is
1: it is ralph i believe his name last name is pronounced innocent ralph innocent um, yeah, also yeah. i love i love patrick willems's review of this movie which is um um from this point on It is, it is law that every a24 movie must star the parents from the witch <laughs> because this one does Shit. you got ralph Shit, innocent there's the way. green knight and you've got kate Dickey as the queen um also sean harris as king arthur i mean how 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 fucking perfect is that casting
0: absolutely perfect like because he also he, the yeah. casting in this movie is incredible yes yeah a uh,
1: shout yeah, out okay. to the actor who plays uh morgan lefay i believe her, her name is pronounced uh sarita chadhari uh
0: sarita chowdhury
1: chowdhury yeah uh i love her she's great yes no no like so yeah the casting of the movie perfect no nuts i love it
0: mm-hmm, mm-hmm. but so now we get into the reasons why tree daddy is here because it's very because yeah it's like you said um Morgan Le Fay is summoning uh, the gr- the Green Knight into the court into the courthouse, and he has a game for a Christmas well, game. Uh, yeah, a Christmas game. Um, but he does he extends the it's a general invitation though, isn't it? Like he doesn't specifically call out uh, Sir Gawain. No,
1: it it I is. Think. He says anyone like anyone who, uh, basically anyone who feels that they are up to the challenge of of. Of receive of like coming against me in combat uh feel free to come forward and yeah. and also like he brings uh a, like a branch of holly as like showing that like he is he's like this mm-hmm. is christmas so this is traditional but also uh kind of like
0: a cover peace.
1: yeah basically uh and Gawain decides because so, so earlier in that scene Gawain you know uh, the king asks him you know on this on this christmas day your gift to me could be, you know, tell tell me a story of you of you, and Gawain says I just I don't have any, mm-hmm. um, because I just haven't lived my life yet. I haven't lived my life yet, which mm-hmm. and it's it's the queen who says yet you don't have any stories yet because you still could, and that's when we that's that that's what mm-hmm. leads to that exchange of, you know, when you look around who do you see I see legends, the legends, and that's why Gawain decides he's like you know what this will be my yeah. th- like this could be my sto- this could be my first story this is my moment. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So that's and when he, he, cause everyone kind of looks around like, all right, who wants to challenge this seven foot tall tree, dude. <laughs> and that, and that's when Godwin stands up and he's like, I'll do it. I'll Literally. Be- he just says that he's yeah. like, I'll do it. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And, uh, and, and he gets to hold motherfucking Excalibur. Excalibur, which, ugh, don't take it. That's so, go- like, I'm like, I am like, seeing motherfucking Dev Patel wielding Excalibur, this is so cool okay
0: by the way black belt I know you're listening to this uh, if my next D&D character resembles Dave Patel no he doesn't
1: <laughs> I mean look you do you, you, you pull inspiration from things um, oh
0: absolutely yeah yeah but, yeah
1: um, so and so but he uh, but in the in the in the game essentially so for those of you uh, the, the game essentially is uh, the Green Knight will ch- will be challenged by someone in the court, um, and will and the person must deliver a blow, and mm-hmm. then one year hence, so Christmas, basically Christmas Day the next year, uh, he will they must come to find him in the Green Chapel, and the Green Knight will in turn deliver the blow back. So Gawain yeah. stands up, says, "I'll do it." Uh, is handed Excalibur by the king, and uh, cuts the Green Knight's head off. Which let's talk about the seed for that. And he does, and here. and the th- and also like the Green Knight does it willingly. Like he he gets yes. like he sets his giant fucking axe down, which that axe is amazing. He yes. sets that down on the floor. Grass like starts to grow out of the floor around it, which is such a cool visual. Oh my god! And bends his head down. ...to let Gawain do it. And Gawain, like, is, like, trying to, like, challenge him. He's like, you know, make your move. Make your move. All right, you forfeit your move. I'm gonna do it. And he does it. And then we get that great moment of, like, just him picking up the head... Go- ...and the green eye picking up his own head going... ...one yeah, hence.
0: <laughs> and then and- it
1: turns into fucking headless horseman shit. He gets on the horse. The horse rears him on his, on his hind legs. And you get this evil fucking laugh... <laughs> and as he's writing
0: out of the court, it's so good. Yeah. And, and it's just like one of those things where it's one of the, where the people who are just encouraging him to go out and create his own legend, they just look at him just like, Oh dude, you fucked up. <laughs> I mean, I mean, yeah. I mean, you're not wrong. <laughs> Basically, what they had de- what they had did is that they started a game of Rochon bow. <laughs> kick me in the nuts. <laughs> I'll kick you in the nuts. <laughs> again, you're not wrong. <laughs> so then, again, another beautiful. So that. We, like, fast... We don't see exactly what Gowan does for the year to prepare for his little quest, but what we do see is, again, another beautifully... You know, I side note, I'm just going to say every shot that we talk about in this movie, just assume that it was beautifully shot because I don't want to say the phrase beautifully... This video was beautifully shot. This was beautifully shot because everything in this fucking movie is beautifully shot.
1: Everything is gorgeous and I love it.
0: Mm Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. As part of his preparation, um... He gets honestly, and he just parties all the time. Yeah, he just parties all the time, and then, but right before he goes out, his he basically goes through a purification. Like he gets scrubbed and, it's a, and down also it's and-
1: interesting. I I I'm so fascinated by the purification montage because mm-hmm. he is it, it's it's kind of like from three different angles because you mm-hmm. have um, you have the church angle like like the like the Catholic church, or, or, I'm assuming the Catholic Church angle um mm-hmm. where or uh, I guess we could go with like the anglo-saxon uh you know Abrahamic religion angle where uh his he, he has a shield that um, with a depiction I believe it's of the I think it's the Virgin Mary I'm not sure um I always forget I, I look you know, I, I was I grew up Baptist. I forgot a lot of these things.
0: Uh, so I grew up. I grew up Hindu. I know nothing.
1: Good for you. I'm glad you don't have to. Damn. It's weird. Damn. Damn. Look. Right.
0: Anyway, what were you? Hey, say?
1: look, look. As someone who grew up in Texas, I'm going to tell you right now: the all the Christianity and all adjacent religions, fucking weird. It's all fucking weird. <laughs> it's so weird. They're all like you read through these books and you're just like. Okay, cool. So there, so in like like for example, in the Book of Kings, um, a bunch of kids make front of a man who is bald. So then God uh summons bears to eat the children. I'm not kidding. That is in the book. It is in the Book of Kings. Look it up. It's weird. The Bible is oh. weird. <laughs> hmm. Uh. Yes. Yeah, so that. This. That's one example. Um. so anyway uh so like the the shield is blessed with holy water um and and i'm assuming gawain is also blessed as well uh there Mm -hmm. is the the uh like the royal angle where you have both the king and queen essentially kind of just like talking him up and like like telling him like you know this is the beginning of your story you know and 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 do do whatever like do what you must essentially and and be and and be mindful on your journey and then mm-hmm. you have uh, the witchcraft angle uh, with, with his mother and the and the women around her, who uh, they create like they they actually like make all of the clothing that he wears. I like, think they make this beautiful gold shawl that he that he's wearing, um, mm-hmm. and also most importantly, uh, his mother Morgan Lefay creates an enchanted belt, yes, which is gonna come back. Uh, and the way this enchanted belt essentially is is that she uh she takes a piece of wood that uh in which she writes uh, a series of characters. Um mm-hmm. I, I, I was gonna say runes, but that isn't that's n I do don't think this is the right that's not the right word. But it's 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 like that. It's like a series of characters, like an enchantment, and then uh fills the, and then puts it on a piece of a long piece of fabric with filled with uh grass and sews it together and it's this and she tells him you know wear this belt and no harm will come to you it's an it's an enchantment and no no physical harm but yeah yeah no physical harm (laughs) uh no physical harm will come to you so so you get i'm 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 fascinated by this because it's it it just kind of it kind of makes me it, it makes me think about how you know we have all these uh Different belief systems, and and those belief systems can manifest in very different ways. And having them all collide together is such an interesting choice.
0: Oh yeah, absolutely. And I didn't even pick up on that because all I was thinking about was just like, hey, he's hey. like he's getting prepared for an Indian wedding.
1: <laughs> I mean, sure.
0: Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I've I, hey, look, I've seen Indian weddings. They are insane. Oh. Oh, my God. And let me tell you, uh, that's the part after all the prep is complete. I have been backstage for these weddings just to get the bride and groom prepared for... the I've the, also the seen just, airport. like, the parties before the wedding
1: are insane. <laughs> like, there is... Um, if you all haven't watched the show Sensate on Netflix, I highly recommend it. Uh, mm. One of the characters is... Uh, she is, she is a, uh, a doctor who lives in India... With her family, and she's about to, and she is proposed to by another doctor, and and like there's a scene at a party for the two of them, and with like the parents meeting each other, and and like saying like, oh yes, we, you know, like we're gonna we're gonna hold this wedding, and it is
0: insane. Oh, buddy. And I'm
1: just like I'm like I don't even want to imagine this wedding. This wedding is gonna (laughs) be is gonna be even worse. (laughs) Oh man. So yes, uh, as far as after... the insanity goes, I'm assuming that the that the at the wedding took place, it would have been beautiful.
0: Oh, absolutely.
1: absolutely. The thing about any is is like no matter how big and and, and gaudy and 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 just and like absolutely insane they get, beautiful, stunningly mm-hmm. beautiful, mm-hmm. like oh, the way this like, movie
0: looks. Oh yeah, <laughs> <laughs> which which actually. Yeah, let's uh, uh, talk about the next uh, scene where he begins his journey. And I just love how mundane the beginning of the quest is. And this is how I knew I was gonna love this movie because th- we see the beginning of his quest, and it's literally just an extended shot of him riding his horse along the road, trying to shoo away the kids who are trying to pester him. Uh huh. And it is hilarious.
1: Yeah, it's 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 and, really cute. I love. Seeing and it. it's I lo- real. I love I love <laughs> the little kids. And he just like looks back. At them. He only once he looks back at them, and I'm just like, yeah, yeah, I get it. Kids gonna be kids. Kids gonna be kids. Yeah, it's yeah. look, y'all. This is a this is a really great movie. It's
0: really yeah, great. it's very. It it, it gives its. Uh, I tell you what, this is a uh, I I'm going to sound like that guy, but I don't care. But this was a good breath of fresh air in between Marvel movies, especially since I had to rewatch them for the retrospectives that we did in previous episodes. Because it is, I needed a slow burn because I was just getting so, well, <laughs> burnt out on constant action. And it felt good to have a very contempl- contemplative. That's another word I would use to describe this movie. It's just it allows yeah. things to breathe. And Honestly, Dave, yeah. like,
1: and, and it's so funny to to go back and watch Lowry's previous movies because this movie, like, the length of this movie is so out of character for him. Because, oh, really? uh, yeah, because prior to this, so uh, for those of you who don't know, David Lowry, this is his fifth uh, feature following, uh, 2013's Anthem and Body Saints, 2016's Pete's Dragon, uh, the Disney remake, the only good Disney live action remake, uh, 2017's A Ghost Story, and 2018's The Old Man of the Gun. And the longest movie of those four was Pete's Dragon at an hour and forty-three minutes. This movie is two is two hours and nine minutes. This movie's long, pretty long. Mm-hmm. Uh, his three other movies all under ninety, like all under ninety-six minutes. Huh. Wow. Like the longest of, of the others was Anthem Body Saints at ninety-six minutes. Mm-hmm. A Ghost Story and The Old Man of the Gun just over ninety minutes.
0: And that's including credits.
1: That's including credits.
0: Yeah wow those
1: are some bre—they are some beautifully breezy watches and honestly it's it's yeah. kind of weird because this movie even you know as we've mentioned it's it's just over two hours it's a slow burn it doesn't but you don't really feel that you just you it's nice to it, you Lowry lets you just bask in this movie and just lets you and lets you live in the world of, of this of this story and you don't really want it to end Like I could, I could, I could see there being a two and a half hour cut, which Mm -hmm. I'm assuming there Mm -hmm. was at one point because, um, and, and I said earlier, we were going to get into this, but the, the editing of this movie is so fascinating to me. So yeah, the, uh, it turns out. So, um, as a lot of people know, this movie was originally supposed to come out in summer of 2020. Um, it was delayed to this year due to the pandemic and Mm -hmm. Uh, turns out we are all the better for it because uh, Lowry went back because due to due to the delaying of the movie for an entire year, he went back and re-edited the movie because uh, Lowry, Lowry edited this movie himself and he went what, uh, wow. hmm. um, like he did for a ghost story as well. He, he, he has, he usually works with another editor. Um, but, uh, but this and, and a ghost story, he added these two movies himself. And this one he went because of the the delay he decided it was it was it was an opportunity for him to go back and completely re-edit the
0: movie to be much better. What kind of masochist would edit their own works? <laughs> um well, have you met Mike
1: Flanagan, who actually <laughs> literally edits all of his movies himself?
0: And I was I was well, I have not met Mike Flanagan, but I was referring more to I think the two of us who edit our pod every episode of our podcast.
1: That is true. I mean like the Cohen <laughs> brothers edit all their movies themselves. Woo. I mean at least you have another at least you have another person there
0: with when it comes to them. Right.
1: But yeah, speaking uh, of another uh, No sir, go ahead.
0: Yeah, I was gonna say, speaking of another person, um, after the he's Sir Gowan stays on the road for a while, he meets another person, and we get to watch on helplessly as poor Sir Gowan, poor naive so- sheltered living in his little bubble, Sir Gowan, does what we in d d call fail the fuck out of an inside check. Because he meets this guy who is looting bodies off of a battlefield and he trusts him when he says, oh yeah, you're going to want to take a shortcut around this river here.
1: I'm sorry. And we could. Like f- no, not only that, but he met motherfucking Barry Keegan in a movie and you trusted him? Uh-
0: <laughs> I've
1: seen the killing of a sacred but. deer. You don't trust him. That's why every time I watch the Eternals trailer, I'm just like, I don't know if I'm supposed to trust him.
0: God, he just has one of those.
1: He has that face. He has that is like like it, it it like the fact that like he had like the way like he, the face that he has and the fact that mm. his first high profile movie was the kill- was one in which he is an extremely untrustworthy person, Uh, Mm -hmm. it just now peppers everything I I see him in.
0: Yeah, honestly, it's the same thing with me and Michael Shannon. Like, I just cannot see him as a hero in anything.
1: Yeah, you're not wrong. And, like, it's so, like, (laughs) that's why I love Midnight Special where he plays a dad who's just like, I just want to protect my son. Mm. Everyone go watch Midnight Special. That movie is so fucking good. Jeff Nichols for
0: life. Jeff Nichols for life. And, okay. Uh, so after he makes the boneheaded decision to trust this guy, he gets mugged. And yeah. it is the most beautifully shot. Oh, there I go. Well, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> let the car, let it flow. Who cares? Uh, the most beautifully shot mugging of all time where we're treated to that. Very, is it diegetic or is it not shot, of where the camera just focuses on his on his bounded gang body, which awoken something in me, I'm not sure what. Uh, he, he, the camera focuses on his bounded gang body, it rotates, and then it, when it comes back around to show his body, he's a skeleton, and you're just... And, of course, he, you know he's not really dead, because the movie is just... only. We're only like 20 minutes into the movie at this point, but there's always mm-hmm. that little... It was just that like that little... It did they oh oh okay no no yeah and was like something, something, something very subtle that i did not
1: know that apparently uh if when, if, if you watch that shot closely apparently Ooh. there is like a changing of the seasons throughout that shot so it like there are like tr- like tree like tr- if you watch the trees uh that they will change you watch the ground and the weeds and the leaves and everything everything starts changing throughout that shot very gradually to show like a the passage of time in that shot um, mm-hmm. but of course, you know, it's, and I, I see, honestly, I see it the same way. I, I mean, on my second watch of this movie, I see that shot now as the same way I see, uh, the ending of this movie where it's more of just a, 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 something that, that, that Gawain is, that Gawain is like being shown like this, like, this is what could happen if you go, if you take the wrong path mm-hmm. it, or if, mm-hmm. you know, so, Gawain decides, is like, no, I'm not gonna die here. I'm gonna, I'm gonna get my, w- I'm gonna get out of here it's, somehow. So he cr- you know, crawls over to grab this sword, cuts his hand. Really, girl? Right now? Right when I'm trying to monologue. I gotcha. I'm sorry. <laughs> uh, she decided to wake up right now. <laughs> um, gotcha. And uh, he cuts himself a little bit uh, on the sword, but he's able to get free. Uh, Mm -hmm. the, we, the weirdo that we've just seen, um, who I, I think is just called the, I don't even, I don't remember what his name, I, I I think they give him a name in the credits. I forget exactly what it is. Um, but anyway, but Barry Keegan, um, I believe I'm saying his Mm -hmm. name, right? Um, he runs off with both Gawain's horse and giant fucking axe that was given to him by the Green Knight. And, uh, and, and Gawain is just like, I got to continue on my quest. Yep. exactly what he does so, so he, just keep walking
0: yeah.
1: yep just keep walking and he uh also uh it's in this it's also in this scene um where where he's bound and gagged uh where we also meet uh a, a little character uh who is is a, is a nice little fox a little cute little fox yeah. yeah just cute little fox who, uh... who, who will keep who'll keep coming back
0: yep yep yep
1: so and... uh the next part of his journey uh, he encounters uh, the he encounters the ghost of Saint Winifred,
0: Go- and the movie becomes a horror movie for a second because throughout this entire movie, the way that it's shot, it it's a very sensorial experience. I feel like the little chilly breeze coming off of the river when he's walking right next to it. Don't mm-hmm. worry about it. Um, yeah, none of that is getting edited out, by the way. I, I want everyone to hear hear the song of hear smoke sing the song of their people yeah yeah but yeah let, uh, her, I be, could let feel... her
1: be your cat self
0: <laughs> <laughs> i could feel like every cool breeze that comes off the river and by the time i reached this scene of the movie i was basically shivering in my seat because fucking ghosts <laughs> oh
1: yeah and also like the f- the way uh they use fog in this movie as well yes 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 talk it's more about that absolutely gorgeous and also um so another way i kind of prepared for my rewatch of the movie was mm-hmm. i watched a lot of movies that uh that lowry has said were influences on this mm-hmm. one uh, a couple uh, I, I didn't get to some of them like i i didn't rewatch. Um, for th- so for those of you who are interested, there's a great video on YouTube from the Alamo Draft House. Uh, there's a it's a draft I think it's Draft House selects with David Lowry, where he mm-hmm. talks about five movies that were major influences on The Green Knight. Uh, mm-hmm. Most of which are actually available to watch online. Um, the earliest is the Carl Theodore Dreyer uh, 1920s film The Passion of Joan of Arc, available mm-hmm. on the Criterion Channel if you have that. Uh, He also mentions films from the Coppolas, Uh, Francis Ford Coppola's Dracula, which I don't know if that's uh, streaming anywhere. I don't think it is. Um, Mm. And also Sophia Coppola's Marie Antoinette, a great movie on HBO Max right now, if you can get that. And uh, but the two movies of of those that I did, I did, uh, I did watch were The Dark Crystal and Willow. Which are now two of my all-time favorite movies now that I've seen them. Because holy oh, shit, The Dark Crystal is fucking incredible. And if anyone tells you that Willow is a bad movie, you cut that person out of your life because you don't need that kind of negativity. <laughs> and that movie is so goddamn amazing. And also the fact that you cast Gene Marsh as the evil queen... After she was already the evil queen in *Return to Oz*, just ah, uh, ah. Uh. Also, I finally watched *Return to Oz*, and I cannot believe that movie was made for kids. The movie should not <laughs> be shown to children. It is oh so scary. Oh <laughs> my god i I love I love *Return to Oz*, but oh my god.
0: Is that the what the Sam Raimi did with James?
1: Frank? No, that was *Oz oh. the Great and Powerful*. Uh, oh. No, Re- *Return to Oz* is from 1985. It is oh. the debut feature uh direct debut directing feature from editor walter merch uh, mm-hmm. and was the first movie starring farucia bulk who would go on to star in many of her favorite things including the craft and the water boy <laughs> yes i just mentioned those two movies on this podcast about the green knight <laughs> uh, okay <laughs> hey it's spooky season everyone go rewatch the craft
0: it's awesome yeah speaking of boys and water dave patel has to dive into some water here because he has to retrieve winifred's her head. head yeah
1: also i love winifred like challenging him at, at, at multiple points the uh, the yes, first of which was yes. um, so after he he she discovers him in his because like he finds this abandoned house. The food is like crumbled, to, is like crumbling to dust. And he's like, okay, no one lives in this house. I mean, he makes it honestly. I gotta say, he makes a safe assumption here. No one, like, yes. it seems like no one's been in this house for 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 many many years. years. No one's around. I'm just gonna lay in this bed for the night because I need a freaking bed. Yeah. Right, and exactly. then Winifred wakes him up and she's like, "What are you doing in my bed?" And he's like, "No, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. I I didn't mean. I thought no one lived here. I'm gonna get out of here. So sorry." Uh, yeah. honestly you know, like, every, like everything he does up to, up, to, up to this point regarding this scene, he's kind of in the right. I'm like, I, I don't blame him for these things.
0: Yeah, exactly. Yeah.
1: And then she, and then, like, the way, you, like, I love the, like, what like the moment you know this movie is a fantasy, of course, is, of course, when the witchcraft starts and the, and the Green Knight shows up. <laughs> and the next tell that this movie is a fantasy is when you have Winifred not walking toward him, but floating toward him. Floating. And he literally like he like looks down at her feet, then looks back up at at her face, and he and like you see the surprise on her face, and he's like, "Oh, oh, so this is the journey I'm on right now."
0: <laughs> oh man! And then
1: he even like and like having that realization of like, "What is she like?" And, and he even uh like because he asked her like, he like he's about to like touch her shoulder, and he's like, he, "She's like, what are you doing? Don't touch me! Don't ever touch me! A knight should know better." Mm-hmm. And he's mm-hmm, like, mm-hmm. "Oh yeah." yeah I know what movie I'm watching now and I'm enjoying it very much
0: <laughs> and then there's that other time where he where she says, uh, "If you could retrieve my head and then he's just like, "Will you give me for it?" And she's just like, "Did you really just ask that?" Yeah she's like what, why would you even why would you even ask me that
1: because because uh, <laughs> the thing is like the thing yeah. is is that uh this movie also i feel that like, it really challenges how we see fan how we see uh knights and fantasy
0: yeah and uh
1: because the thing is is that if so Gawain he actually says it in such a he asks it in such a casual way because he says so i go retrieve your head what what like what like what will i receive in return and it's like Mm -hmm. he says it in such a casual way that like if he said that in any other fantasy movie she Mm -hmm. would she would have like said like oh I'll, i'll give you this or i'll give you that um right but here it's no he there there is no there is no easy answer there's no easy route to take it's just do this nice thing. Just do this thing for me. Yes. Seriously, do you have to? Wow. Do you have to be she so vocal should. right now?
0: Wow, she. <laughs> is at this just... point,
1: smoke is just my co-host on everything I do.
0: I mean, I see no problem with that. That is the complete opposite of a problem. No. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, yeah, it doesn't help
1: when I'm when I'm like you know I get home at eight a.m. from working all night and I'm trying to go to sleep.
0: Okay, that's fair. That's fair.
1: <laughs> I love her, but the the at, at that moment I'm just like Girl, mm-hmm. please. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Don't do this to me. But yeah, so he, he dives into the water and it's a
0: it's amazing. I love it. Like this is the like this is the moment where if I did if I had no manners, I would have stood up at the theater and just be like, Yes! This is what I was hoping for in this movie. This is this what I was watching this. With-
1: cinema <laughs> <laughs> I would have I would have gone full score size. He just stood up and be like, this is cinema right here. And just turned to everyone and just look. And like, you see this? You see what? I'd be like, buzz. Like, you see that? He was like, you see this? You see the hat? I'd be like, you see this? Yeah. You see the screen? This is cinema. Yeah,
0: <laughs> And you know what? I'm not even going to describe what happens on the scene because I just want everyone to just see it for themselves.
1: It's gorgeous. I love it's... it. Perfect. No yep. notes. It's great. Mm-hmm
0: now here's my follow up question though mm-hmm. as beautiful as beautiful and haunting as this entire segment was did it really add anything to the plot of this movie and did it and subsection did it need to uh yes and no so here so here's here's
1: my stance on plot uh mm-hmm. it doesn't fucking matter
0: <laughs> uh, yeah
1: to uh, me yeah. To, to me plot doesn't matter it's it's all about Just tell me what the story is and tell me how the and and, and put some characters in it that I'm going to either care about or find interesting enough to want to follow and just let them run loose. That is my stance on a lot on, on on storytelling usually. So Yeah. That's how I feel about this scene is that I know um I know a lot of people a lot of people, like an overwhelming number of people have said that uh that they could take or leave this scene. And I'm saying Absolutely fucking not. You have to have this scene. You have to have it. You have to have the scene because this is the, the... I believe... So, like, I believe every encounter that Gawain has with someone builds him to that final scene. To Agreed. the final scene with the Green Knight with that moment of him... Spoilers, taking off the belt. Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. when he takes off that belt, every scene... Like, every encounter he has, like, feeds into that moment so yes this scene is important i believe because this is this is him encountering someone who is not putting up with his with his bullshit this mm-hmm. is some that th- this is someone who just needs help and you know and, and and showing him that like it's just a good thing to just help someone and not expect something in return yes and i and and the yes. thing is and that's what a knight is that's what honor is about in in order to have honor you have to be selfless Mm -hmm. to a certain extent like you know take care of yourself of course but really right next to the mic
0: (laughs) right next to the mic she got right
1: up next to the mic (laughs) look at this baby little baby uh but yeah like like uh, like you know take care of yourself but also be selfless you know take care of you know take care of others as well and that's what that's what honor is about. That's what being a knight is about. And that's what this scene really helps teach him, is to, you know, in order to have honor, you must be selfless. And my lord, she is so needy right now, but I'm okay with it because <laughs> I love her.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. And uh, just to build off of the point, is that, yeah, sometimes a movie, I think the, the Roger Ebert quote that sums up your feelings well is like, I don't care what a movie is about. I care about how it's about it. Twitch. Yeah, exactly, yeah.
1: and I'm also because I'm also the type of person I've talked. I'm pretty sure I've talked about this. a lot. I've talked about this a lot on thing on on other shows, including my own. Uh, but when I don't understand something, I generally don't give a shit, right? Uh, so right. I, I know a lot of people yeah. who also just you, like said I could take care of this scene just because I don't fully comp m- m- and like, and not and not a knock on these people. Like I like mm-hmm. you know like uh, just like I don't fully comprehend it, and that's fine. I don't fully comprehend a lot of things, like yeah, you know, I one of my, my my favorite movie of all time is A Girl Walks Home Alone at Night. There's a lot yeah. of things in that movie that I just don't fucking get, you know. But you know what? <laughs> at the end of the day, I don't give a shit because that movie makes me feel something, and I right. love it.
0: Right. Exactly. Exactly. It's amazing, and it's, it's another thing too that I feel like it's very telling that people subtly turn their brains on whenever something doesn't make sense to them. But you when it comes to other movies they're just like oh just turn your brain off because i mean for me this is the kind of movie that what that's a quote-unquote turn your brain off movie uh because it as i'll keep coming back to this it is a sensorial experience and honestly Absolutely. this this movie is a series of vignettes and a series of sensorial experiences and if you uh think that this is the only example of a movie or some piece of media being a series of sensorial experiences and unique vignettes. this is not unique to this movie and you know how I know this because cowboy Bebop exists
1: <laughs> Also I will have to I, I also have to mention uh, Stephen King's the gunslinger exists. The Dark Tower mm-hmm. exists uh, if you like if you read that first book in the Dark Towers in the Dark Tower series, uh, that book is mostly just vignettes. It's mostly just a series of events that, that Roland Deschain is just going through in order to uh, catch up to the man in Black. Uh, you know, it, it you know like each chapter is so like the first like the first chapter is him uh, encountering a, like a like a hermit in a in a in a little home uh, following the death of his of his mule and then telling the story of how he massacred an entire town because the man in Black took it over. Mm, wow and then following that he meets he meets the boy jake chambers who is from new york of our world <laughs> look the dark tower is insane and i highly recommend everyone check it out please read the dark tower series it is batshit insane
0: i will definitely put it on my list and um also just yes, know the,
1: that most of those books are fucking long long yeah
0: that's, i mean that's
1: thankfully the, the gun like the gunslinger is the shortest it's like 250 pages uh, oh, so okay. that would like that's easy to get into. Um, following that, most of the books are like like I think there are like two that are under five hundred pages. The rest are six and six hundred and up. God, <laughs> the longest is the fourth book, Wizard and Glass, which is nearly nine hundred pages, <laughs> and is like all backstory. Literally, it's all oh. ba- like the the entire book is just like the fir- I think it's like the first one 100, 150 pages. It's just like them getting out of the events of the third book, and oh. then. Uh, and then and then it's all about now let's get into Roland's backstory and tell you why he's actually a human being and not just a killing machine because most of the story is like, but thus far as Roland is essentially an unstoppable gunslinger and mm-hmm. has very and has little and has very little emotion, but you still kind of latch on him because he begins to care about these people that are around him. and then wizard and Glass shows why he is the way he is. And you're like, oh fuck, oh God. <laughs> Oh jeez! So much oh, has man. happened to you, my sweet baby.
0: <laughs> oh man! All right. So uh, I, th- I feel like we should skip ahead to like the my personal favorite vignette now, which um... the exchange of winnings. Yeah. Wait, which one was, which shit? Which part? The, was it? Uh, the lord and by... lady of the house. That's it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. By, uh, I'm, I'm going
1: off you... of the because like something else that I love throughout the, throughout the movie is um, like a lot of the like the major scenes will be will be preceded by a. Or like, 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 sequ- like, 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 sequence card. of the story, yeah, they'll have major title cards. So, like, the uh, the first title card we have is a Christmas game, uh, getting mm-hmm. it, like, you know, once we get into the court, uh, then we have a two cook here, then we have, uh, I think, it's, I think it's just called the meeting with Saint Winifred, I believe is the, is the name of that one. Um, oh, there's yes. also the journey out with that, which that's when, like, you know, Gawain is leaving, uh, leaving the mm-hmm. town, which I'm assuming is Camelot, uh, yeah, and uh and and, and and meets Barry Keegan and his band of thieves. But following Saint Saint Winifred, um he but by the way, he also gets his axe back. Like that's like the thing that he receives yeah. in return. Yeah. I kind of showing this like she was going like she was going to give him a gift in return, but it was it was ru- basically it was just rude of him to assume. And and that was exactly. kind of like that was her teaching it was like it was a teachable moment for him of of just don't assume you'll always release, receive something in return for doing a good deed. Sometimes it's just good to do a good deed. And and, and you'll mm-hmm. know, and you receive a surprise at some point in your life. And that surprise just happens to come the next morning, and, and he receives the axe again. Yes. Um, mm-hmm. And, you know, he spends the night in a cave, he takes some mushrooms, he gets wigged out, uh, he's now on this journey with the fox again, because the fox comes back, um, and yeah. then he finds a castle, and he comes to the castle, and he passes out.
0: Mhm, mhm. And when he wakes up, his guests, the, or his hosts, I should say, the Lord. They don't. Even, they don't even have. They don't even have actual names.
1: They're just known as the Lord and the Lady.
0: Yeah, the Lord and the Lady. Um, only way I could describe this vignette is just um, it is a film adaptation of the meme that goes. Hey, my partner and I saw you from across the bar. We liked your vibe. <laughs> oh my
1: god, you're so right! Oh my god, I've never that thought of it exact... that way, and I will never think of it any other way now because of you. <laughs> thank you for thank you for, for putting that into every viewing of the Green Knight from this point. On. Because look, an- yeah. another another thing that I have to mention before we get into the meat the meat of this of this sequence um, is the fact that this movie is so fucking rewatchable.
0: Yes, exactly. Like, yeah,
1: the the only like there are Denis Villeneuve to me is like prior to to watching more of David lowry's movies. Denis Villeneuve mm-hmm. was to me like the director of making movies that are surprisingly rewatchable because mm-hmm. like I don't know how, but I can but like I am able to watch Sicario. Like I could probably watch the movie once a week and be totally fine and never get tired of it. That movie is so oh, good. Yeah i i i think within the first uh like i i remember seeing blade runner 2049 opening night like thursday opening night i i I was like that was my most anticipated movie of 2017 i went and saw that as soon as possible at an alamo draft house cinema and holy fuck those seats shook like my brain uh that movie is like look if you haven't seen blade runner 2049 Go watch it, please. You don't have to see the original Blade Runner if you don't want to. I mean, the original Blade Runner is a very good movie, um, mm-hmm. but 2049 is fucking incredible. Like set it, like set aside a good two and two hours and forty minutes, and just sit and bask in the the glory of that movie. Yeah, uh, don't
0: d- don't make the same mistake I made and start watching that at 11 p.m. It's, it's yeah, don't. Bad. Yeah,
1: don't. Yeah, no, don't do that. Don't do that. Uh, started at like 6 p.m. <laughs> yes.
0: Yes. Yes.
1: You know, like, like uh-huh. and like you know, don't eat too heavy. Uh, you don't want to fall asleep. Uh-huh. You don't. You really don't want to fall asleep. That is a like that is just how like the Green Knight is a, is a slow burn. That movie is a slow burn. <laughs> slow burn. Um, but like, burn. but getting back to what I was trying to say about about that one in particular was like, as soon as it came out on physical media, I think uh-huh. I watched it like another five times within the first like three or four months of it coming out because Jeez. I just couldn't get an, I couldn't get enough of it. I was like, I just I'm so surprised at how much I enjoy just watching this movie and sitting in it, and I don't get tired of it. Um, like, in fact, I haven't and, and like I haven't seen that movie in probably like a good two, two and a half years. I'm due for a rewatch, and I'm pretty sure as soon as I sit back down and watch that movie, I'm gonna go like, "Oh yeah, no, this is like one of the greatest movies ever made." It's it's incredible. It's like it's like sitting back down and rewatching Mad Max: Fury Road for the first time in several years, <sighs> or sitting there and watch like like any of those movies like like rewatching Alien. Or Butch Mm -hmm. Cassidy and the Sundance Kid, or Mm -hmm. The Red Shoes, and you just sit down and watch, or like The Third Man, and you sit down and watch these movies, and you're like, I kind of forgot how fucking incredible this movie is, and how like, and how much, and how fun it is to just like, you know, sit down and just sit in this world, Um, even though even though a lot of those movies like end uh, with have very have very bitter endings. um, I'm looking at you, The Red Shoes. Uh, Mm -hmm. They. They have so many wonderful moments. Like a, a moment that will live rent free in my head forever, is a moment early on in in the Red Shoes. Uh, everyone, please go watch that movie. It's incredible. Uh, there's a moment early on uh, where a these two characters are, are interacting, really, are, are really ad- interacting for the first time, mm-hmm. uh, played by uh, Anton Wolbrook and uh, Moira Shearer, and he asks her, "Why do you want to dance?" And she thinks for a hot second and then says why do you want to live? And then he says, well, I don't think it's not so much that I choose to more that I have to. And she says, as do I, I'm just like, this is like, I'm like, that is like the definition of like why people do what they do. It's like, mm-hmm. well, it's like, why, like, like why, like, why do you want to, you know, why do you want to do, you know, this thing? Like, why do you want to write? Why do you want to dance? Why do you want to do this mm-hmm. thing? It's like, because I feel compelled to, because I have right. to, if I don't do it, I will go insane. Like, why does Batman <laughs> do what he does? Because he wow. has to, because he feels mm-hmm. compelled to, because if he didn't do it, he would go insane. That's right. I am in the Grant Morrison camp that, that Batman is not actually insane. And that if he wasn't Batman, he would be insane.
0: Damn. I mean, wow. Well, I mean,
1: look, Graham Morrison's taking a lot of characters is fascinating. And that is one of the most fascinating. And that he's like, yeah. and then, or, 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 I'm sorry, and then Morrison's like, if, mm-hmm. Batman, if like, Bruce Wayne didn't become Batman, Bruce Wayne would go insane.
0: That is very compelling and that has given me a lot to think about.
1: Uh. <laughs> yeah, because, ah. because, because like, look, it is very easy to just say like, yeah, Batman is a is a weird is a weird insane dude who who goes around you know beating you know beating criminals up, or mm-hmm. beating people to a pulp in alleys, and that's mm-hmm. fair. That's a fair comparison. That's a fair uh, analysis of the character, um, yeah. just not the one uh, that I subscribe to. Right. You know what I do subscribe to though, the Green Knight is awesome, yes. and this and <laughs> this sequence involving the Lord and the Lady of the Castle
0: is weird. <laughs> Yeah, I feel like we've just been kind of, all this uh, build-up has been just stalling. To this scene! It's to, to, these, this, it's scene.
1: to these, like, this series of scenes.
0: Yeah, and uh, I, l- let's just rip this band-aid off right now. Like you, you, I think the scene, regardless of people, whether you like this movie, or whether you dislike it, the scene that everyone is going to remember is, and it's why I snickered a little bit when you said that the belt comes up later. <laughs>
1: <laughs> you know, I didn't actually mean to make that that
0: joke. I know, I know you did. It just kind of happened.
1: <laughs> but I'm very happened. proud of it now. You can cut this part out where I say I don't know what I'm talking about. Don't cut it out, please. No. <laughs> Everyone should know that I make that I make funny jokes. That the only time I make funny jokes is uh is when I don't mean to. Is when I is when I'm what, just well
0: th- talking about things. Yeah, that's why you have me here to pick up on these things and elevate what you say. And I am just stalling and more I because I don't want to. Talk, and I don't want to talk about the cum belt because everyone's talking <laughs> about the cum belt. Everyone on fucking Letterbox is talking about the cum belt. Like there is more to the movie than the cum belt. Or as some people will call it, the witchcraft belt. Right, which is what it's supposed to be.
1: I I, I consider yeah. that as both a witchcraft and a cum belt, a witch cum oh, because... belt, if you will. <laughs>
0: Or a cum craft, a cum craft belt. Which, and I think uh, another thing that makes that, so for those of you who just somehow made it to this far to the episode without watching the movie, I don't know what the hell we're talking about. Oh yeah, what about. are you
1: even doing here? Pause, like, like, seriously, get off this episode and go watch the freaking movie. It is out of physical media.
0: Yeah, exactly. It's already been 30 seconds. You've already registered as a listen, so. Yeah. <laughs> but, so anyway. Just to, or first, or you know what, this is just for the people who need a reminder as to what happened. So, before at, at the start of the this little vignette here, he gets very friendly with the lord and the lady, and there the movie does a very excellent job of establishing that. Uh, lady's making fuck me eyes at Sir Cowan. and she <laughs> oh, is. we all just, should
1: also so- mention the fact that she
0: is played by Alicia Vikander. The, uh, who, uh, who has already been playing Essel in the movie. Yeah, which brings a, adds a whole other level of weirdness to this. But just to keep this conversation flowing, she makes no uh, secret that she is horny for Gowan, to the point that she does the medieval equivalent of Take His Picture, which, again, another beautifully shot uh, moment where oh yeah and I finding out how
1: know. they how they did that scene is incredible because what they what oh, they yeah. did was they actually just shot dev Patel like like separately shot him in that position and mm-hmm. then projected it into the room
0: with her. Yeah, cause th- th- so basically, what you're saying is that this is a, for those of you who know what a daguerreotype is. This seems like what uh, they did here: a practical effects, all practical effects, a daguerreotype. Just th- they took they took his picture. Yeah, and,
1: and th- that's a that's a, a, the majority of this movie. I mean, this movie has has a, a number of special effects and, and special mm-hmm. effect shots. Um, yeah. But it's done. It's it's done in the way that that I that like special effects. I believe should be done, and that they like. Yes, it's fun to have like special effects be be the focal point of certain of ser- you know, for certain movies. You know, like mm-hmm. when I went and saw Shang Chi and I saw a giant dragon, that was awesome. Yeah. I'm totally yeah. and I'm totally fine with the giant dragon being there, uh, yeah. because it looks fucking cool. Um, but mm-hmm. here this isn't that type of movie. So you, so like if if you did something like that, it would feel extremely out of place. Uh, So instead, Mm -hmm. you know, you have like, Oh, maybe to like extend certain, you know, extend uh, parts of a shot or to add something to it, you know, finding out that uh, there was uh, the, the, uh, during the sequence, there is the shot of Joel Edgerton. We haven't even mentioned the fact that the Lord is played by motherfucking Joel Edgerton. Joel. <laughs> uh, so there is the after he has gone on a hunt and he drops like an elk at the feet of Gawain. Uh, mm. There is a sh- there is like a a um a like a worm's eye view shot of Joel Edgerton, and mm. like it's foggy and cloudy and the wind is going. And I found out watching behind the scenes that apparently they had to. You know, because they had to add in the fog later in af- mm-hmm. in in in, in post production, they you know they had to actually animate the fur on his coat. Jesus! Because just because like the like you know the way they were they were adding in the fog, it wasn't working right. So they had to basically just take you know shots of him where the where the wind wasn't moving, or the wind wasn't blowing, and use that as a base and then and then actually animate the fur and after and of course when you watch the movie you're not thinking about that like it's just it's 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 like because that's how how the visual effects in this type of movie works where it's not there as a focal point it's there to just add subtle elements to make the shot work to sell Mm -hmm. the shot to make you live in that world and to to make it feel like it actually exists in, in in a world
0: and that attention to detail also uh, speaking all this talk about shots and we go have to circle back to this movie's money shot where again for those who need a reminder <laughs> i am just the master of sideways this is, and, and you know i can't, I, and I just keep wondering to myself why why are we in explicit content just cuz we say fuck a lot nah it's cuz of shit like this it's because we're but
1: talking yeah. about it. it's because talk- we we're talking about the Cumcraft Belt.
0: Yes, the Cumcraft belt, which the okay, so the context behind this is the behind the scene is uh yeah, the late lady's been making uh, has been making no effort to hide the fact that she is horny for Sir gowan But Sir Gowan As we all are, come on, it's Dev Patel. <laughs> Dev Patel, that's true.
1: Look but yeah the, I um... was about to leap through the screen freaking... uh n- like like just to Get on top of that boy. I'm sorry. I'm just... Bah! I'm not gonna... I'm not gonna hide it. <laughs> or or him get on top of me. That is the life of a switch.
0: <laughs> Victory sip.
1: <laughs> okay, I'm not so much of a switch. I'm more of a sub. Anyway, continue.
0: <laughs> but yes, um... So... The scene that everyone talks about. So, uh, and just, the hey, this ties back into what we were talking about earlier about how honorable Sregawa has been this entire movie. He picks up on the lady's advances towards him, but he's just like, he doesn't say this outright, but he just demonstrates through his actions, um, I'm sorry, you are a married woman, I'm just gonna go to bed. He goes to bed, wakes up the next morning, and, um, apparently lady is not good at taking no for an answer. Yeah. Yeah, because she greets him in the morning. She's just like, why didn't you come into my chambers? And she's just like... "Uh, Because uh, uh, mm, I shouldn't. Because it's not the right thing to do. Exactly. But uh, Lady has a way of getting what she wants. Because uh, she reveals that... Correct me if I am wrong here. But she reveals that she is taken off his belt. She's taken off the invincibility belt, right? Yes, she did. Yes. So... In order to persuade him to satiate her desires, she just says, if you want this back, she gives him a handjob. God damn it. I'm, I'm just, <laughs>
1: you're you're <laughs> trying to work around it, but like, it's like, there's no getting around the
0: fact that she just, she jerks him off. Yeah, she jerks him off in the morning. And, and even watching that in the theater, I'm just like, you know what, uh, you know what, maybe it's not, I was like, nope, the, the, the movie treats us to... A shot of
1: cum on yeah. the belt and him squeezing yeah. it and that squelching sound on the belt. And that is the, and like in that moment, Gawain is like, oh, I kind of fucked up. Yeah, and did, Or at least that's the way he
0: feels. And then yeah. it
1: gets even weirder when he turns yeah. around and the mother
0: is there. <laughs> Yes, which let me tell you something about it. Here's my the way I read that scene because if you notice, she's wearing the same like witch's garment as
1: yeah, and she's blindfolded the same way that uh, Morgan Le Fay was in the beginning uh, when she was writing the letter.
0: Yeah, and of course at this point it hasn't been revealed that uh, his mother has been watching him this whole time, but. The way I read it uh, after... what This is after I walked out of the movie. The way I'm talking to it was just like... Was that seriously his mother's way of getting him to get that belt back on? Was she watching him through that uh, mother as a medium? That... That actually tracks. I, 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 I can't
1: yeah. disagree. I can't disagree with that logic.
0: Yeah. Which, yeah, just makes it even weirder. Yeah. And, um, hmm. Also, uh, Dev Patel and Joel
1: Edgerton share a kiss. It's hot.
0: Yeah, there's no denying mm-hmm. it. God, it is. Hence, going back to my um, initial, going back to my initial statement about how this is a <laughs> weirdly a film horny adap- movie. Yeah, a weirdly horny movie, and how it was a film adaptation of that uh, polyamory meme. Because yes. I cannot, I cannot believe that you brought
1: that up.
0: It's because it's ones.
1: it. You're not wrong. <laughs> And I, I hate never, that you're not J. wrong.
0: I am never wrong, JD. watch <laughs> is not true. <laughs> yeah, nah, I mean, just, just humor me for a bit. Well, yeah, well, it's my show, and it goes uh, and it goes the way I did. Fine, I am...
1: fine, you're right. This is your show. I will I will placate your, your ego. Thank you. Appreciate it. Yeah. Uh, <sighs> we should also mention that uh, before... So, like, so, Gawain leaves, and he's like, no, fuck, I'm, no, no, like, fuck this shit, I'm out. Mm-hmm. Uh... He's running through the forest. Um, oh, oh, actually, something else we didn't... Uh, something I, I also want to quickly mention. Uh, mm-hmm. So when he arrives at the castle, he is told that it is December 21st. So he's, he's still a few days. And apparently the Green Chapel yes, is just yes. like a day's ride from, yes. from the castle. So that's why he's chilling mm-hmm. out, essentially. He's like, you know, I'm, I'm almost there. You know, I've, I have I still have a few days. I will take some time to rest. And that's why he's staying there. Yeah. Um, but now it's like the day i guess it's the day before it's the day before it's 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 christmas eve yeah that's what at least yeah. that's what it seems like uh so mm-hmm. as he's leaving the grounds uh he is caught by the like the, the lord finds him uh you know essentially like receives the gift that he asked for because pre- pre- like the previous night uh the lord says like you must promise me that you know uh that you that you will give that you will give me a gift uh you know that that, that uh, you know I can't receive and and they had the conversation of like it's like well like it seems like you have everything How, what 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 can I give you and it's like well I don't know um the gift he receives is a kiss from Gawain mm-hmm. and Gawain's like yeah no I'm yeah no I'm 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 a little weirded out by 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 everything going on here uh I'm I'm weirded out by the two of you and like what's going on here so I'm leaving and mm-hmm. Lord is like, oh, mm-hmm. before you leave, I like w- I caught this li- I caught this little creature in a, in a in a trap. I was gonna give him to you, but I think we'll just let nature take care of him. He takes this bag, and in the bag is the fox. Is the fox? The fox is back. <laughs> um yes. And this leads to a. And this leads us to um, the moment before Gawain goes to the chapel. So he he comes to a river, and what he's supposed to do is to just get in this boat that is by the river. And then take it to the Green Chapel. Where he will want, Where he will once again encounter the Green Knight and fulfill his end of the game.
0: Yes. Before he gets on the boat, the fox talks. And what does the fox say? The.
1: yip, 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 yip,
0: yip. That's what the fox says. Uh, or wah, pop, 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 pop,
1: pop, pop,
0: pop. pop,
1: pop, 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 pop.
0: Or hathi 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 ho. Anyway, we, I can do that. <laughs> we could.
1: No, the fox says you don't have to go through with this. I will carry your secret, and mm-hmm. and you can go. And Godwin's like, no, I'm gonna go through with this. I'm going to and I'm go- and I'm going to res- I'm going to get some honor. I'm gonna get some fucking honor out of this, and I'm going to go, you know, fulfill my end of the game. And this is another major change. From this, from the, from the text. Actually, oh. we've already talked through a couple changes. So in the original text, um, the hunt that the that the Lord goes on, Gawain is actually a part of. Oh. And it's actually like a like a big part. But Lauer is like, you know, like I don't. He's like I don't really want to leave the castle. I want to like make the majority of this of this section of the movie. Yeah, and I want to isolate Gawain in this castle, so he yeah. removed that part and ha- and really just had it, really just take place off screen. Mm-hmm. Um, but the big change that he made was that the fox is not in the original text.
0: Right. In right.
1: actuality, uh, that char- that you know that that scene does take place in the original text, but it's not a fo- it's not a talking fox. It is, in fact. A like a servant of the lord and lady. I think I think like a sort like a servant or like a squire, some uh, someone who works for the right, lord, right. of, of yeah, the ha- yeah, who yeah. works in the castle, and a co- and was uh, instructed to accompany Gawain to the, to ensure his safe travel to the Green Chapel, um, right? And and tells and tells Gawain the exact same thing that the fox says. Like I like you don't have to go through with this. I will keep your like you leave and I will keep your secret um till the day I die, right. and and then Gawain does the same thing like no I'm going I'm going to you know keep my honor and go through with this and fulfill my end of the game. Uh, but Lowry has said that he didn't want to introduce a whole new character this late into the story. So instead oh, yeah. he just introduced a talking fox that doesn't speak until this scene and just introduces the fox at the beginning of the movie and just has 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 him keep yeah. popping up. And then because, brings them, and then brings them back for this scene.
0: Yeah, because honestly, at this point in the movie, so much weird shit has happened that the audience is not going to be phased by the fox just talking.
1: Oh, absolutely! Like, mm. like we've we've firmly established that this is fantasy. It's mm. like we have, mm. like, we have the Green Knight, we have a ghost, we have witchcraft, we have giants, which we haven't even talked about the giant ladies yet, uh, <laughs> at all. Uh, which I I have found out what they are. David Lowry has mentioned what they are.
0: Okay, you know what? Yeah, let's, let's, uh, we're gonna, we're gonna
1: sidebar that for, for, for the time being. And, okay. I'll, and I'll, 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 we'll talk about it after we, we get to what happens at the end of this movie.
0: Yeah. How do you interpret what happens at the end of this movie? Cause the way, cause the way it plays out. The Last is, Mutation of Christ. Yeah. Oh. Yeah, yep. Yep. That's it, that, that like, yes, like, it is the exact same thing. I'm not kidding. Like, as
1: soon as yes. the movie ended, I was like, I feel like I've seen something like this before. I know I've seen something like this before. And then I go into Letterboxd and I see Chris Evangelista's review on Letterboxd and it just says, The Last Temptation of Dev. And I'm like, fuck, that's right. It's The Last Temptation of Christ. (laughs) For those of you who don't know, there is a 1988 film directed by Martin Scorsese and written by Paul Schrader based on the novel by Nicholas Kazantzakis entitled The Last Temptation of Christ. Yes, I knew all of that off off the top of my head because I am fucking insane. Anyway. (laughs) This movie has a sequence toward the end in which Jesus has been crucified. He is on the crucifix,
0: mm-hmm. has, been,
1: has been crucified by the Romans, and he then, then he gets taken down by Mary Magdalene, they consummate the relationship, they get married, they have children, and he essentially just like lives the happy life that he that he honestly. You know what deserves? He deserves yes. it, um, mm-hmm. but there there are things wrong with that life. There there are thing, aspects that he is not okay. That he's that, that don't sit right with him, and uh, he eventually dies of old age. And then it reveals that that was all something that was put into his mind by God, and he is still on the crucifix. And then he makes a plea to God that you know like I like I will die, but you must take away the sins of all of man uh and that is exactly what and like that that like that type of thing happens verbatim here at the end of the green knight and i I cannot believe that david lowry doesn't talk about that (laughs) he doesn't talk about it at all but i'm I'm like i mean like like, i'm I'm, and i'm actually curious because i'm not sure if that if that if this was in the original text and if it was, that would mean that he did not take this from Scor that he did not take this from Kazantzakis and Scorsese, that he indeed just took it from the original text. I mean, it wouldn't surprise me if it was in the original text, to be Honestly. honest. So yeah. anyway, what we keep yeah. getting, like, talking around, essentially, is that yes. at the end of this movie, he does, in fact, arrive at the Green Chapel, mm-hmm. he sets the axe on the steps and waits for the Green Knight to wake. The Green Knight wakes yeah. the next morning um and tries to fulfill the bargain and he tries to you know because like you know it's like you know he in the green knight said to said who like whatever blow you deliver to me i will del- i would deliver back to you so since mm-hmm. Gawain cut the green knight's head off it's now time for Gawain to give up his head yep. and Gawain can't go through with it and he runs Yep,
0: he chickens out he chickens out yeah.
1: he finds his horse he gets back to Camelot. He says that like yep, totally did it. Uh mm-hmm. he then has uh sex with Essel, who then bears his child. Uh the he gets knighted by the king. Uh the king and queen die. He then in turn becomes king. Uh and when oh, Essel boy. delivers the child their child, he Ugh. takes it from her and mm-hmm. marries another royal. And mm. lives out the rest of his days as a king, going to war, you know, doing the king, doing the king, the king shit, not doing actual king shit, just doing the king shit.
0: Yeah, doing uh, monarchy shit.
1: Yeah, doing shit. monarchy shit. We'll go with that. That's better. That's better. Mm. Thank you for that. Uh, <laughs> not doing king shit. He's doing monarchy shit. And monarchy <laughs> shit is bullshit, in fact. Uh, yes. His son dies. He returns from war. Uh, Camelot is being burned to the ground. His uh, his second child, who is with the first, with his uh, wife. Uh, li- like they 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 escape, and he eventually finally takes off the belt because this whole time he has never taken off the belt, never mm-hmm. takes off the belt, and his head falls off, yeah. and he's dead. And then it cuts back to Gawain and the Green Chapel. Yeah, and it turns out yeah. that everything you that like, and I clocked this. So that sequence starts at an hour 48. Mm -hmm. And then it ends that shot of of Dev Patel back in the Green Chapel having just seen this vision is at two hours and three minutes. So that scene was 15 minutes long. We just sat through 15 minutes of a fucking montage to then be told it was all a vision.
0: Which, honestly... On paper, sounds like a terrible idea. It, it sounds, sounds like
1: a, like a oh. awful idea because uh, something that I kind of agree with or with Roger Ebert on is dream like multiple dream sequences kind of fucking suck. Like like mm-hmm. having one dream sequence, not so terrible.
0: Yes.
1: Having two dream sequences, not the worst thing in the world, but not very good. Having mm-hmm. three or more. You are really fucking pushing it with me. Yeah. Uh, but the thing is that this is fantasy, so visions yeah. and dreams abound, please. Yeah. Uh, and you're right. Having a 15-minute sequence in, in, in which to reveal that it was all not real sounds like a terrible
0: idea. But it absolutely works here. No. Yeah, because the reason why it works is because if it were any shorter, it would have then... Been... His motivation to just go, to take off the belt makes no sense.
1: Oh my god, and that moment of just, he's like, wait. He's not cowering, he just says, wait. Quickly takes off the belt, takes a a sigh and says, okay. I'm ready now. Credits. Not quite! (laughs) Not quite, because then we have the Green Knight kneel down, lifts his head, wipe a tear from Gawain's cheek, and then... Uh, and then he says you know you right. he's like, ah. he says, My brave knight and then draws a finger across his neck and says, Off with your head. Head smiles and, and come back to the Green Knight and close up of Green Knight of the Green Knight's face. Gets a little smile and a twinkle in his eye and then
0: credits. Then credits. Yep. Yep.
1: Yeah. And that's the end of the movie. And it's great. This, I love it. Yeah.
0: Okay, we should talk because, about the giant women. Uh, hang on, hang on. Before I do yeah. that though, I just want to t- I want to talk more about that montage and just how yes. fucking heartbreaking it was. Oh my because... god! It
1: made it 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 made it out it made Gawain out to be literally the worst night in the world.
0: Exactly. Yeah, because uh, one thing I, it's like side note. Um, I there's this discourse that uh, makes its way around Twitter around sex scenes and movies about whether they're necessary or whether they could be cut out or whether they should be taken out altogether. I think I've shown by... I think you can kind of figure out my position on them. It's just... It depends. Like, come on. Like, you don't take them out entirely, but at the same yeah. time... They, 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 most of the time, they show a purpose. You just got to think about it. And I want to talk about... And I think this that montage illustrates the effect, the effectiveness of what a good sex scene can do. Because... Yeah we actually get to see Sir Gowan have sex with Essel. Um, when he consummates his marriage with his with his, aside, with his arranged wife, it just cuts to them both lying in bed. We see nothing. And that illustrates just the level of intimacy that he lost when he left Essel. Yeah.
1: And in that level of in the the type of human being he is now in that that like once he, con- once he basic, like once, once he, you know, he and e- once Essel got pregnant, that was the, that was when he it, like almost like a, f- like a switch flipped in his mind. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's incredible. And, and and also I, I, I am somewhere where I'm just like, you know, like sex is a, tr- sex is a natural part of humanity. And therefore like, if we're you know, like totally, like absolutely show it, you know, be tasteful mm-hmm. about it, but show it, mm-hmm. um, or don't be tasteful and just show all the nitty gritty weird shit that happens in, in the bed because that's fun too.
0: Basic stick motherfucker! Oh. <laughs> God Bas- damn that that movie is incredible. No. <laughs> that movie is what is Alfred Hitchcock without without the code holding him back? That's what that movie is. Uh,
1: not honestly, not just that movie. Like any yeah. Brian De Palma movie as well, like you watch bo- uh, like body double dress to kill uh you know blow out any of the like anything like, sisters upset obses- I mean obsession is essentially our vertigo ripoff uh <laughs> i mean like and, and and De Palma fully admits it uh i mean he's talked about how like that movie like like you know he's like he's like people always talk about like directors being influenced by Hitchcock and he says I'm the only one who like to, like w- got the school of Hitchcock and fully ran with it. And I'm like, yeah, you're not wrong. Like, please brag about that actually. <laughs> um, but like to quote Matt Torpy in a Patrick Williams video, like Brian De Palma is like Hitchcock. Uh, like it's like Hitchcock, but he, if he was even more of a perv, yes. like that's De Palma. Like you watch yeah. buddy double and you're like, yeah, yeah. Like this is like just really pervy Hitchcock and Hitchcock was already a perv. Uh yeah, mm-hmm. and then you have base- and then you have Paul Verhoeven's Basic Instinct, and uh, whew, <sighs> I miss erotic thrillers, don't you?
0: I do. I re- I legitimately do.
1: Also, yeah. uh, I know it's not like the best movie, um, but we should appreciate Hollow Man more. Also, I watched that movie way too young. I think I was like max ten years old when I watched that uh no 10 year old and also my mother showed me that movie she had already seen it she was a fan of that movie and then she said let's watch hollow man uh because i i i honestly forget i think it was like i don't know i think i was just getting into kevin bacon at that point and she's like Mm. let's watch hollow man because kevin bacon's in it and I remember the the scene that that hurt me the most was when he killed the invisible dog. That move, that, that, that <laughs> scene hurt me. And I was like, oh, no, he must die.
0: Yeah, because the way he does it, too, is just.
1: Oh, it's, mm. it's gross. Mm-hmm. It is unnerving. And I am so happy he dies at the end of that movie. <sighs> that motherfucker yeah. hollow man is such a weird weird movie that we i i feel like should be appreciated a bit more
0: i agree especially like even just for a special effects, because it's yeah and
1: also uh paul verhoeven appreciate your own goddamn movie
0: <laughs> he doesn't like <laughs>
1: hollow man because he's like that is the one movie that that like i feel like i could like anybody else could have made he's like like only i could have made robocop only I could have made Starship Troopers. And I'm like, you're right. And then he says, but anybody else could have made Hollow Man. I'm like, no, you're wrong. No one else could have. Mm-hmm. Like, like, yes, anybody else can make an Invisible Man movie. Like, we've seen that. Like, mm-hmm. we have, you know we, we, you know, we of course, we have James Wales's The Invisible Man starring Claude Rains. We have Lee Winnell's The Invisible Man from last year. Uh, mm-hmm. But no one else could have made Hollow Man. Right. Except Paul Verhoeven. Okay, maybe Brian De Palma could have done it, but I would rather see Paul Verhoeven's.
0: <laughs> right. I'm just oh, saying. Yeah. Right. Uh, yeah.
1: So, do you want to talk about the giant ladies?
0: No. One last little snippet. Um, uh-huh. uh, it would have been so easy for Ethel to just disappear after they took the baby after her, but man, that oh, death my... glare she gives. Uh, yes. Or God, he runs, when he comes back.
1: Yeah, from war probably, after their son dies, and he's mm-hmm. holding like he's holding the the gold band that that he that his son wore. Mm-hmm. Oh my god! And yeah, yeah, that 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 shot, that death stare, and like how like the entire crowd fades out, and mm-hmm. you just have Essel standing there by herself, mm-hmm. like the 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 subjectivity of that shot with it's like <sighs> this is like basically like putting us in the shoes of Godwin of this is all that he is seeing. This is all that is on his mind right now. Mm -hmm. Like, good fucking lord. That whole sequence is incredible. And is such a massive flex.
0: Mm Mm-hmm. Speaking of massive, let's talk about the giant ladies now.
1: Yes, so uh, this is being, so I want to let everyone know, um, Back to uh, me talking about the King KingCast because like that's all I listen to at this point now. It's that let's not meet in my favorite murder because I'm now become a basic white bitch and I and I listen, oh to, my true God. I listen to true crime. I listen to true crime podcasts now because they're act because turns out they're actually really good, um, <laughs> and I learn a lot of things and all, and also I learn things that make me very sad. So. I mean. Um, but I also listened to the Stephen King podcast, the King cast hosted by Eric, um, Eric Vespey and Scott Wampler. Everyone should check out the King cast. It's fascinating. Um, but David Lowry was on an episode where he discussed, uh, what, what I think could possibly be my favorite King novel. Uh, but it also can't be because Sinless was lot is my favorite book of all time, but a very close second is the recent King novel revival and Lowry was on that episode. And at the very, at the very top of the episode, like each, um, like both Eric and Scott, like had green Knight questions. And mm-hmm. Scott was like, look, I'm a simple man. I've been, also been called a, called a stupid, somebody called me stupid, but, um, I have to know what goes, what's, what's up with those giant late, those, those giant lady or those giants in, yeah. In the green Knight, And David, yeah. and he's like, how, how, how does one interpret that? And Lowry has said, That they are, that he has, that he believes they are an ancient race of beings that are fed up with this world and are going on to something else. And he says that it may, he says it might also make a bit more sense once you realize that all the giants are female. Mm -hmm. So that they are leaving this world in search of something, in search of a, in search of something better, something different. Do I know exactly how to interpret that? Not at all. Do I care? Not
0: at all. I it's don't. It's not that kind of movie. Yeah. The, the, no. The, the answers are the ones you come up with.
1: Like, yeah. That's
0: this is, this is what this kind of movie is.
1: And sometimes the answer is just, I don't know and I don't really care. Right. And and that's how I feel at the end of the day a lot about, about a lot of aspects of... Not just this movie, but a lot of movies, and that yeah. there there are just going to be things where like I don't know exactly how to interpret this. Yeah. Um, and I don't really care. I Shit. just like that's it.
0: How, you could say that's how Gowan reacts to seeing those giant because the first thing he does is just what he sees of is just ask her for directions. Yeah,
1: literally. <laughs> I love that. I love it. Yeah. Uh, it reminds me of like uh toward the end of Morrison quest. I was getting into Morrison books that like, I didn't fully comprehend like nameless and mm-hmm. the green lantern. I didn't know how to fully interpret those things. And I fully admitted to them on the episodes. I'm like, I don't know what the fuck is going on here, but I don't really care. Cause I'm just having fun. And that's how I feel about the green. it's like, they're all like, I understand. Like, I feel like I understand a lot of this, but there's also a lot of things here that I will just fully admit. I don't get but I don't care because it's still fucking cool.
0: Oh, yeah. yeah. Or just,
1: or just weird enough to be entertaining.
0: Exactly. Exactly. And honestly, yeah, we're, we've been going kind of long here, so I think uh, that's just a good conclusion. It's just that this movie, well, absolutely go see it because even if you don't get it, which... <laughs> I don't even know what I. I don't even know what I mean by that. Like, well, how do you get this movie? If you come away with it just wanting to, with something to talk about, and some kind of interpretation, just some kind of original thought that you apply to this movie, mm-hmm. then it's done its job. That's the yeah. kind of movie this movie is.
1: Yes, and so. I will conclude my thoughts on the movie with this. Um... David Lowry is genius. Uh everyone go everyone watch Peter Pan and Wendy. Next year when it comes out, I believe it's supposed to uh release exclusively on Disney Plus and might get a theatrical release. I hope I hope it gets a theatrical release. I I, I really hope. hope it does. Um so now David Lowry is about to make uh, is is currently making the what will potentially be the uh, one of one of the two only good live action Disney remakes. Um, the other being Peach Dragon. Um, everyone go watch Peach Dragon. It will make you cry so fucking hard and make you feel all the feelings. Um, and also, I just want to say, uh, David Lowry, um, I know what movie you should make next, and it should be an adaptation of Neil Gaiman's novel, The Ocean at the End of the Lane. It is perfect for you. And also, um, for, there's a particular character in there, uh, Ursula Moncton, and there's only one person you cast, and it is Elizabeth Debicki. David Lowry, if you're listening, please make this happen. Also, one last thing that I've, I I wanted to mention because I found it so interesting about yeah, about ahead. like the production of this movie. So, uh, um, something I found about David Lowry, apparently he is vegan and he's been vegan for a very long time, and mm-hmm. apparently the entire production of this movie was vegan. Uh, like all of the costuming, oh. yeah. So like all of, like the fur and the and the leather you see in this movie all vegan. Right. So it's all fo- it's all faux fur and faux leather. Throughout this entire movie, interesting. Yeah, so so that so that's something to feel good about is that this movie was absolutely one hundred percent cruelty free.
0: Yeah, no fun, no CGI foxes were harmed in the making of this (laughs) one. Hell yeah! Yeah. Oh man. Wow. So yeah, Um, Uh,
1: yeah. Everyone goes to the Green Knight.
0: It's great. Yes. And here's hope. Here's to more uh expanded roles for the daisy community hell yeah oh, my god yeah all right so we've reached the end of the episode uh you so you know what it's time for jd uh where can people find you on the internet oh boy so uh
1: if you want to, so like i have uh currently two podcasts running uh in fact the day we're recording is the beginning of season five of my main show comics quest which yeah Parish, who is who's the guest on that episode Patrick Willem.
0: No, I'm just kidding. You wish.
1: <laughs> I, 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 mean, I really do. But in fact, I Not have yet. someone better. I have you. Oh
0: shit. Yeah. Yep. I am. As a matter of fact, that episode dropped today. Yes, him, we that g- about... episode dropped
1: today. We discussed the Don and Kate's and Daniel Warren Johnson comic, the Ghost Fleet. Uh, Ghost you can League. check. You can check that out wherever you get your podcasts. Um, also, please check out. You, we're under the Certain POV uh, Network. Uh, so please check out certainpov.com. Check out all the great podcasts there. Um, there's also um, the podcast I host with Angela Bones Bullock, Fables and Reflections, where we discuss any and all, uh, any, any and all the works of Neil Gaiman. Um, in fact, later this, in fact, I, um, I already mentioned this piece earlier, but uh, later this, uh, as of this recording, later this week, uh, we're releasing our episode on the novel The Ocean at the End of the Lane, where I also uh, discuss a little bit why I think David Lowry should make that movie. It's because it's a fairy tale, and David Lowry makes fairy tales. And, uh, yeah, so you can find, you can find the shows at certain as well as, uh, wherever you, your podcasts, uh, you can follow comics quest on Twitter at comics quest show. You can follow fables and reflections on Twitter and Instagram at F and R pod and is spelled out. And if you want to follow me, I'm on Twitter at JD underscore Martin underscore, cause there are apparently a lot of JD Martins out there and, <laughs> uh, and yeah, that's, uh, that's about it. Yeah. Wow.
0: Uh. You are busybody, dude. You are busybody.
1: <laughs> Apparently.
0: Yeah. All right. And as you all uh, should know by now, this is Busted Limes. You can find us wherever you wherever podcasts are sold. But uh, if you want to follow me personally, my name is Parish Maharaj. You can find me on Twitter at noblekind 92 And if you want to follow my co-host Black Belt, you can follow him at blackbelt1998. He retweets a lot of good stuff. He's Currently working on a on a thread full of Common writer memes, so if uh, any Tokusatsu fans out there, you, you, that's something for you to interact with on his page. And um, he will be back for our next episode. We are anticipating covering the live action adaptation of Cowboy Bebop. Be going back to our roots to our very first episode. It dealt with Cowboy Bebop, so it's only appropriate that we talk about that live action cowboy be- bebop if you want to guess for that
1: episode i'm fully on board with it
0: oh shit yeah because he was uh honestly black belt was su- well i don't want to say he was supposed to be on here because that feels i, I don't want to impose obligations on him because like i said like I, I also said,
1: haven't watched cowboy bebop yet and i need and i need to watch it
0: oh shit so you could probably just come in as someone who hasn't who's only seen the live action version I mean, I don't
1: really want to, I do want to see, I do want to see the original series because I have Funimation and I need to use that freaking app instead of just, I mean, look, I'm also, I'm, I, I look, uh, to, to make my friend Robbie happy. And I guess to make you happy as well, I finally started watching Naruto. Uh, that show is, um, it is a show it is a show. It is, it is a, a show. show. <laughs> um, so instead, of, but but outside of that, I'm also, I mean, I've also been watching My Hero Academia and Tokyo Ghoul. Tokyo Ghoul is the fucking coolest. Everyone watches Tokyo Ghoul. It is absolutely my shit. I fucking love Tokyo Ghoul. It is weird as hell. Oh, yeah. Uh, uh, and also because I've been watching Naruto, I, w- I just want to say Kakashi is the best.
0: Oh, could, uh, Undoubtedly. undoubtedly. He, he, is, he is
1: the best. Uh, and, 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 uh i can't wait for sakura to eventually get better writing (laughs) i i she is annoying me right now and i know it's because uh the creator the original creator has just said that he doesn't know how to that he just didn't know how to write women so uh yeah Uh i can't wait for her to be just a a a
0: a a more well-written character all right well to all of our listeners to jd and to smoke. Thank you for busting a line with us.